0: Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most influential and listened to podcast in auto detailing. Welcome to the community.
1: Hey, community, before we get started in today's episode, I want to talk to you a little bit about education and how important it is to get information from Well, others in the industry and being able to dissect what they have to say, there's no doubt you can get the most education jam-packed into one day at Mobile Tech Expo 2022. Sheldon, what can you tell us about the lineup for uh, Education Day at Mobile Tech?
0: Well, it's pretty incredible this year. It's actually the most education we've ever had by far. So now you really get to choose. Do you want to get hands-on experience with Mike Phillips and try to you know, learn how to use a buffer better? Or you think you're pretty good and you just need some more business and marketing direction. So we have sessions on those as well we actually have 11 completely different tracks of education. So you can really pick and choose and get really close with the instructor on whichever topic you choose. So it might not be the exact packed rooms because we're spreading everything out, but we wanna give people a bigger variety of options and also get that chance to really talk to the instructor one-on-one and get that first that amazing experience you just can't do online.
1: Hey, there's no doubt. Mike Phillips does a lot of great uh, discussions. I'm excited about my discussion there for Education Day. Just doing one this year, but excited to be jam-packed into one of the best opportunities that we've seen around as distribution becomes one of the big things in the detailing industry. I'm excited to talk about that with everybody.
0: Yep, that'll be great. Can't wait to see it.
1: Definitely, man. All right, we'll see you soon for Mobile Tech 2022. Everybody that wants to go register, save 15% with discount code PINTS inside Mobile Tech Registration. Sheldon, what's that website again?
0: MobileTechExpo.com. Make sure you uh, get your education ticket now and then also book your hotel room. It is almost sold out. So you you don't want to be the one that's stuck staying far away and have to wake up early to get over to the property and everything. So make sure you book your hotel room at the Rosen through our website. Don't fall for the scams. Book directly through the website.
1: Sounds good, man. Great info right there. Book directly through. So thanks, Sheldon. Talk to you soon, man hi welcome to the pints of polishing podcast my name is marshall hill i'm your guide as we journey through the car care industry find me on most platforms and nick at hyper clean store if you're on facebook though best way to go to hyper clean specialist group or shoot us a text direct 918-800-1188 Nick, I'm diving into the beer and I can't wait to get into buy and sell because I'm just going to go ahead and start selling from the start. If you're okay with that, I I'm selling, I'm selling going home. I'm selling going home. You know how there's that moment where you just, you, you know, that the domino effect is going to happen with all the bad things that could continue on throughout the day. And you should just say, fuck it all and just go home. Right? Like just cancel everything and just go home because that domino effect is gonna keep going all the way until where you're, you're eating and, and you're looking at the menu and you go, what can't they fuck up? What would be everything else in the past four hours has been a giant fuck up. So sitting here at the restaurant, I know I should go home, but what can they not fuck up because everything else has been bad. And I went with, uh, shout out to, to Nick, cooking with Nick, I went with the Nashville hot chicken sandwich and they didn't fuck it up. But boy, that next morning I haven't eaten fried chicken in a while. So you imagine what my belly was. My belly was (laughs) fucked up. But anyway, so my Saturday started off, right? This is the way it goes. This is the funny part with you and I, we've chatted back and forth where suddenly there's the Hey, we're going to take the, the girlfriend's daughter to go to, you know, just, just take, she's just got to go to this little thing. Well, right. So then it's, let's go pick up the friend. Then it's the wrong directions to the friend. Here's the most interesting part. I almost did a picture to you. We're sitting out waiting for the friend and they hadn't talked over the phone. They had only talked over Instagram. So we didn't have clear clear communication. They didn't know that she was, we were picking her up and we sat there just going in confusion. And then by that time, your blood pressure and everything's already wow. started to rise. So what do you start to do? You start making really bad decisions and Quickly. when you know you should go right. You go left. Cause you go, fuck it. I think I could go left here. And then you make the wrong choice. And then you get in traffic and then it gets even worse to where you drop them off and you go, I just want to go eat over there because I'm now hangry right yep. there's nothing worse than driving and being hangry and then you miss your turn and that turn while you're watching the restaurant yeah i just keep doing this and i get into this mall traffic and then i have to go back out to this main intersect. i swear it was 20 minutes and the whole time i was just watching the restaurant and you imagine what keeps going up so once you finally sit down you're so ready to eat, the hangry's up, and I'm just like selling, I just wanna go home. I just want to go home. So I'm 100%. selling, going home.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, I guess I'll be the uh, good news here early, cause you know, Marty kind of lit the world on fire there, but uh, yeah, I'm buying this week and I, I'm buying the, it's always nerve wracking when you're starting something new, right? Like we've talked about it on this podcast where we were going to start buy and sell. What do people think? And we started it and then we started getting all this great feedback. And it's like, ah, that's, it's a good thing. We started a new episode, you know, last week and I was nervous about it. You know, we wanted to make sure we were doing the right things and the support we got for it was amazing. You know, just guys reaching out, Hey, glad you're doing this. Hey, can't wait to learn. Hey, I've been waiting for something like this. Uh, hey, I listen to this car podcast or whatever. I'm glad that you guys are adding those things. And you know, look, man, you you, you jump out on a limb and you try to do stuff that's new, it, it's nerve wracking. You just don't know. You don't know how it's going to be received. You don't know if everybody's going to see your vision. And so, I'm buying the support of of everybody around this podcast. I mean, we've built this last year has been impressive for us. I mean, it, it's really, really been impressive. The numbers and everything that we're going through and where we finished the year and. So I'm buying the entire crowd around because it's not always consistent, right? Guys have get busy. They can't listen, whatever. We just have a lot of people, people wouldn't expect that just consume the podcast and are real enthusiastic about what we do. And I guess I want to buy that entire community of people that are now a part of all of this. And uh, you know, it's, it's becoming more and more diverse, which is cool.
1: That's cool. All right. So let's, Let's talk through that podcast, all right? You, you just did your pilot episode. People get a little bit more info. They want to go to that pilot, listen to it. Uh, you put it out on the Facebook group. and um, but, but walk us through a little bit of what, what the direction of what you're looking to do.
2: Yeah, you know, what we're looking to do is something different. And, and that's the word I keep coming back to is that, number one, we know that everybody's like sitting in their van because we were those guys sitting in their truck, uh, sitting in their shop. And they just kind of want to zone out a little bit, but they don't want to like zone out and listen to something completely meaningless. They just want guys that are like them kind of talking about cars. And and that's what it's going to be. I mean, we have a good episode coming up this week uh, about the crazy amount of auctions that are going on online and and the real transition away from, you know, going to an auction in person for collectible cars. It's now really transitioned massively to an online thing. Uh, But what we're really trying to do is to bring some education into the detailing world that, hey, if you have the right car knowledge, all of a sudden it becomes a separator for you. And we're going to talk about new releases and, you know, things that are just like fun car talk. Because I think a lot of guys get into detailing because they love cars and maybe they don't want to be a mechanic. You know, maybe an engine thing doesn't speak to them like they don't want to work on an engine or something like that but they've always liked the aesthetics of cars and keeping them clean and all that kind of stuff and detailing them and polishing them. And so we're just going to talk a little bit about cars. I mean, in the car world, uh, not just individual cars all the time.
1: Cool. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I think that the interesting part too, is you begin to have the different ones that come through your shop and you can begin to dissect them and let us know what you see from your view, what you like about the car, things that, you know, maybe it's even, uh, hey, hey, watch out for this part, or hey, I noticed on here there's, there's a really cool feature, or, yeah. you know, just different ways of being able to look at cars. I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun, man. Yeah. Uh, inter- interesting that you mentioned that about uh, auctions. I, I hadn't heard that. that so I'll, I'll be really interested to hear about about the, the auctions going up. I know auction business in general has been up massive. I mean, the prices at auctions have been outrageous.
2: Yeah. And you know, the in-person auctions have changed. The world's changed. You know, we say this all the time, you know, it's the episode's going to be fun because it's just going to be an idiot like myself talking about car collections. And we're going to call it the detailed car collection podcast, you know, section. So you can go and search that specific episode. Uh, You know, the, the, the thing for me is, is that I did, I don't always realize how 24 years really matters. Hmm. You know what I mean? And and I took this very seriously, very early on. I shared this on Friday for those that don't want to go listen and just want to recap. You know, I used to, when you had to go get the paper form of what took place at auctions, it wasn't easy to get. I had to like coerce people into giving me auction results. And then I just started to build this mental and physical database of what's a car really worth. And I only did it for, like the hope in the future that somebody would give a crap. Nobody cared in the moment. I was only doing this as like a long term. I think this could pay off. It just it just did. You know what I mean? Like, but in the moment, I did the shit for free. Like I was tracking down Scottsdale, Arizona results forever ago when when it wasn't easy to get them. You couldn't get them on the internet. Didn't exist. You know what I mean? Like I I, I try to explain that to guys all the time. Like the amount of stuff I've done for free in my career with no. <laughs> chance of ever thinking about getting money back. That was one of the biggest ones I invested in just understanding that world. And, you know, we're going to have a a car in the shop. I said this on the episode, we're going to have a car in the shop on Monday next week, the 17th. That's simply because of my car knowledge. It has nothing to do with detailing. I mean, if I don't have the knowledge I have, that guy is not booking an appointment for January 17th of 2022. And I shared that on the podcast, so go back and listen to that, and you'll see what I mean is like, you know, this guy was going to order a car that took a year and a half or we could get him a car that he could enjoy now, and he could wait for prices to cool down. Well, if I wait for a year and a half, I'm certainly not getting it next week, you know, but he went and he purchased a car and, and and, you know, those are the type of things that, again, we're hoping to bring a perspective that can help guys if they just want to be entertained, but also help guys, if they want to kind of chase a different route in their business. Right. Mm -hmm. So. Well,
1: uh, there's another guy that I talked to last week. That's been pretty big into auctions. Um, a little similar to what you used to do with auctions and a lot of auction prep work. Um, the name of a guy that I'm pretty excited to announce will be the, the second episode for mobile tech 2022 up on stage. And that's Mr. Mike Phillips. Talked yeah. to him last week, and uh, he sent me over this uh, uh, 1961 Oldsmobile Starfire uh, that he was getting ready for the Mika boxing.
2: Yeah. No, it's a – you know, Mike is – we've said it on this podcast, I don't know, 800 times, uh, Mike Phillips has been in it. You know, he's the guy to learn from because he's sending you a picture – of a car he just freshly detailed for an auction Mm
1: -hmm.
2: boy oh boy if people could sum up what marty and nick say a lot of which is when somebody's still in it that information just hits a little different why we didn't want people to sleep on losing mobile tech 21 right because mike phillips and guys like him are just a lot fewer and far between than you think and You know, I'm excited that he's going to be there. I'm excited that he's going to be on our platform. And, you know, for a guy like me, it it seems corny to a lot of people, I'm sure. Mike Phillips has always been a big deal. So for him to be on something that we own, that's, that's a crazy thought. I mean, I don't care what anybody thinks. I mean, that's a crazy thought for a guy like me. I mean, he was just a guy in the distance for us. You know what I mean? He wasn't somebody you ever thought about. He was going to be on our podcast.
1: Uh, and the interesting thing some of the stuff we're going to talk about is what he's right not so much the the story somebody was asking me earlier about you know the different people that are coming up on stage and it's like you know it's a little bit different this year right we're not we're not really everybody's got a story it's great everybody's heard everybody's story so we're not really going to be up there telling people's stories right it's it's a bit different this year we're we're really diving into more of here's the community as we continue to to grow from, uh, you know, (laughs) having a a theory of open discussion and, and having just as a theory to actually being a platform that allows for open free thought discussion with multiple brands coming in to share their perspectives. You know, people that maybe if you've listened over the years have known that maybe we haven't always seen eye to eye, but you know what? Just as the same as when (laughs) Nick, I know you competed uh, in sports. Same as same as myself, you can compete and still always shake hands.
2: One hundred percent. So, well, one thing that's misunderstood. Yeah, there's plenty. Go ahead. Sorry.
1: There's there's plenty of people that are are coming now, right? That with with the same outstretched hand that we have and they're wanting to sit down and have conversations, and it has nothing to do with what somebody has said or anybody's feelings or anything like that. Everybody's excited to have an open forum discussion and talk.
2: Yeah, disagreement is often taken, and this industry has really sh- <laughs> shown us how much people dislike disagreement. They They can't believe that anybody would think something different than them, right? That's the one thing we try to share with everybody is that if you're not part of this one group with this one type of thought that that the world sees things, that, that they're going to ostracize you. But here's the crazy thing. Respect is a little different than what everybody thinks. People respect what we're doing. That's why they're coming on. We haven't had a single person say, no, that's not for me. It's not what's going on. People are seeing what we're doing. They understand that it's above board. They understand it's coming from a place of, 40 plus years of combined experience in this industry and nobody's trying to take a shot at somebody. Everybody's here to do the respectful thing. I think that's what you're saying. You never, you didn't lace up the football pads. You know, this is my problem with football. Now everybody gets penalized, but I I have this conversation with my friends, some who have played pro football, you know, most times on the football field, you weren't trying to hurt somebody. That's not what guys were doing. Okay. So all the flags get me mentally. Like, I don't understand you don't have time to try to be malicious when you hit somebody you're just reacting to what's going on and the funny thing is you always shook somebody's hand and said hey tough game out there couple big hits a couple questionable things happened but nobody really cared everybody knew that everybody was trying to win a game and you moved on with your day and you and some of those people became your friends yeah you know what i mean like some of those people became legitimate friends and maybe better friends than the guys that were on your team longer that the that the world went on for you and as older as you got older and so that's the coolest thing about what's going to happen at mobile tech man the lineup that we have i think are, is going to really blow people's mind because some people have it in their mind that wow, well, these guys and these guys don't get along dude it's that's not true <laughs> it just doesn't it's it's just people disagree with the theories of a business that you know or, or what's going on that's it it's just disagreement it's not it's not personal
1: and we've always said everybody gets to run their business however they choose. Yeah. So it, you, it, people
2: miss that sentence, Marty. Yeah, you they can't they keep ask people to sentence. listen to the whole thing. Okay. <laughs> they gotta listen to the three minutes that pisses them off, not the three and a half minutes that explains everything. So you gotta just understand. I mean, look, it's that's your fault, uh, not theirs, you know. So <laughs>
1: misunderstandings, misunderstandings, 100%. You know, it is what it is. Uh, have you had misunderstandings in the past for me? And I've said it before, uh, a big misunderstanding that I had years and years ago actually really propelled a big part of my business, being able to work through a misunderstanding. So, but my big misunderstanding uh, was with a customer. And if you remember, I've said for a time, there was a period where I went and bought one of those little pop-up tents. I was going to go out and hustle. I just, I needed to clean some cars, needed some cash coming through set up a tent outside of a place called ultimate electronics just so happened a couple months later, a lady that comes through tells me in a granted, it was a broken accent. I hear needs a wash and vac. sorry. I apologize. She says, I need a wash and wax. Uh, Now you can understand the miscommunication. And, and when she comes out to pay it's 60 bucks, but she says, no, I just got the wash and vac. And as you can see, there was a big difference in the work that we did versus <laughs> the work that she thought she was, quote unquote, now getting. And like I said, I mean, was it a, as you can say, I kind of messed up the words there, but was it a miscommunication? Was it a, was it a, a language barrier? Was it a just, oh no, this is really what I wanted. I, we don't know, you know, but as a, as a business, you, you, you understand the customer, you walk back through, ma'am. this is what I did. Okay, how can we make this right? You know, no problem. We'll, we'll, we'll take your money for the wash and vac. She then gives me her card to her husband, who's the VP of Sitgo. This was before Sitgo had moved out of our town. And so it gave me an avenue to walk into a, a very large multi-building uh, m- multi complex where we, we were out on a regular basis. And at one point we're cleaning 70 something cars a week. So it was, yeah, it it was a, it's a great misunderstanding that, well.
2: Wow. My misunderstandings go way differently. (laughs) (laughs) That is a hell of a misunderstanding that just locked you into another 70 to 80, but look, the lesson from that is you just kind of ate it, right? Hey, misunderstanding. I'm going to eat it. There's nothing I can do, right? I can sit here and argue this person, but what's it going to get? Yeah. My misunderstanding is quite a bit different than that. Uh, I got a call. This is, this is kind of, you know, some, some great on both sides. I get a call from Rolls Royce. Okay. From actually guys inside their organization and say, Hey, we got this car we gave to a famous person and the car is in horrific shape and we can't have it basically is the conversation. It's like two hours, but what it comes down to is they're very unhappy with how this famous person is keeping the car. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll go out and take a look at it. We'll get in into shape and no problem. They go, well, he's got a lot of Rolls Royces. They're all in bad shape. He's got a collection that's just mangled. And I'm like, yeah, no problem. So I go out there for those that don't know, they got all these managers, all these in-between people. When you're dealing with high profile individuals, part of the issue is always going to be, you're actually managing a lot of middlemen. You're not actually managing the client. A lot of times, You're managing the middlemen that are trying to move up and become the only person. You know what I mean? It's like a power struggle thing. And so you got to really be good at analyzing, okay, is this guy a knucklehead? How do I speak? You know, a lot of those types of things. So anyway, long story short, we make this whole proposal. This is how to get the collection back in order. And I mean, it took me forever because we went car by car because I'm thinking to myself, Rolls Royce is now involved this guy becomes irrelevant because Rolls-Royce is going to pick up the tab wrong. Rolls-Royce basically does this all behind his back. It's a complete misunderstanding that I have nothing to do with. We start work on the collection and it becomes a payment nightmare. And I mean, big payment nightmare and big numbers and big problems. And all of a sudden it was a big learning experience for me is because now if I go into somebody's collection we're going to have a written legal document. This is what we're doing to get your, your stuff up to par. Then after that document, we'll have an operating agreement of how we're going to operate your collection. Huge learning experience, but it wasn't like yours. Didn't have some happy ending where I just lucked into some cars. It basically, I had to walk away. We, we, we end up getting all of our money eventually, which took forever, but the collection was never restored. And from what I understand, still in really, really rough shape.
1: Interesting uh, m- how miscommunications can happen. One thing that can happen, definitely, in miscommunication, is not only when you're handling a, a an account or handling a transaction, but also miscommunication or misunderstanding of a process of what is needed. Right? Like I think it is is interesting of what it takes to properly prep a car. What's been misunderstood? What actually needs to be done? This is <laughs> it could create a, a big dilemma because I know for me, and this is this is where I think it's interesting as we go in this conversation. For me, I've I've looked at, and I, you go ahead and say what the biggest misunderstanding. And then we'll break into to everybody's roles of how we got into into. Yeah, cl-
2: the the clay bar is the most misunderstood. Clay bar is more misunderstood than any other part of of the detailing process complete because customers know the term clay bar. So remember what you're hearing. And the reason I say this is, is because everybody's using the term clay bar and about 5% of people understand it.
1: All right. Have you heard, this is a crazy one for me. When I've heard, do you clay bar? And I, I go, well, yeah, when we come clay bar, what are you looking to do? Uh, I've got some scratches that need clay. Bingo.
2: bar. Bingo. There you go. So this is why I use clay bar because most people understand when you say the words, Uh, I'm going to polish a scratch out, right? They understand that there's going to be a machine involved and and somebody's going to polish. Now, whether they're paying an individual that knows what they're doing is a separate part of the conversation. But the true misunderstanding around clay bar goes from detailer to your customers to the DIY guy. I know people that clay their car every month and have said those words to me. And I look at them and go, you realize my personal vehicles have been, I have some that have never been clayed. And they're like, oh, well, that's, I said, no, my guy, you're talking to the wrong person. Maybe because this will happen at a, we talk about Christmas parties or birthday parties or whatever. Somebody will be like, oh yeah, I clayed my car. I said, yeah, I mean, look, I've had some personal cars. I've never had to clay. They just never arrived with contamination. Oh, well, I clay mine every week, every month, every two months, every, and I'm going, it, it's just from top to bottom, the clay bar is super misunderstood, period. It's- end of story.
1: It's a technology, though, that when you first grabbed it, you remember those first times you clayed a vehicle, and sure, you know, as and as we like to show, and it definitely, if anybody uses clay, and you you aren't showing your customers results of clay, or not walking them through, maybe maybe putting a, a little plastic bag on their hand, or you know, Mike Phillips. Or, I mean,
2: that's you know, Mike Phillips shows that guys go search that. He yep. shows you how to sell. I mean, it's, it's it. He's great at that.
1: It, and and we did it too. I'm sure Mike is amazing at it. Uh, we also did it too. That that was the way we really did a lot of education, of letting their customers know what is on their clear coat and they can yep. feel it. It's tangible. So first of all, if you're not doing that, it's a must do, right? Yep. Do you remember early on when you first clay? But I mean those those very early first times to clay. Everybody?
2: Oh, and that and clay used to be so harsh. Yeah, you know I mean people don't realize. The, the amount of technology we have now with clay, I mean, synthetics and sponges and towels and mitts and, you know, you know, fine grade and medium grade and medium high, you know, tough grade and then heavy duty. And I mean, that just wasn't a possibility. It, it was all heavy duty. It would like take the paint off if you didn't have lubrication on there. I mean, it was just a much different time, but there was nothing like being taught to clay a vehicle and feeling it and being like, wow, I and again, clay was just much different then. It was really used for heavy. I, the way I was taught clay initially, because I was working in a wholesale environment, it was mostly paint over spray, tar, paint over spray, I, random I, things I, like that. I mean, that's I gonna, really what it was.
1: I was going to say, tar. Did you ever cheat on tar? Like, because I didn't use it for tar removal. I used it because I could feel the contamination and we were putting down a ceiling or, yeah. or we'd even do it on a wax. But I've, if, if, if I could see that there was tar and there was a little bit on there, those specs, instead of using that real rough degreaser, you know, you can get a real yeah. solvent degreaser that would, you could strip all that stuff a lot of times with the spray, but then yeah. you got to worry about some other stuff that goes involved with it. So people actually we, don't
2: remember this. We used paint thinner. Yeah. You know, back in the day, if you had heavy tar, you used, I mean, and people may have used acetone or something else like that, but we use paint thinner. Uh, that's how I was originally taught. And you want to talk about paying it no mind. It was like, it said paint thinner on there and you're just everywhere with it, spraying it, wiping it. I mean, you just were taught to get the stuff off and you didn't, you know, the beginning of your career looks way different today. If you're starting your career than when we did, right? Like you were getting a lot of body shop people, a lot of people just showing you the basics and you use some harsh chemical. And then when you found out you could clay off something like, you know, tar, now there was some tar that was baked on and you had to get it off, whatever, but I mean it helped the process for sure.
1: Uh, but side note for everybody, vehicles were massively different then too. They were <laughs> yeah. not they were not as the not as you know, now today you could spray just even a slightly different product and suddenly it got massive Said like Everything yep. then was pretty general. It was just raw. It was just metal. Way different world. <laughs> clear way coat. different world. It, it was <laughs> way a way different, different world. world. Way different world. Uh, but I would sometimes cheat. I would sometimes cheat and use clay bar to to get to get that off sure. too. And then and then the disaster of seeing what your clay looked like. And then yeah. the the time that I was finally informed and then began to start boiling water are heating up water to put my clay back in so yep. that I could re knead and rework my clay. Oh yeah.
2: And look, you were taught back then to get as much out of that clay as you could get out. You you know, it just wasn't the thought process we have today. Right? Like you only get to this point today because of those points then. And different, you know, it's just like if you look at wet sanding and all these different things, so you look at polishing a car. If you only had a rotary, it was three or four steps minimum to get to the kind of finish. Now you can get with a one step. I mean, it's just a different world and and clay still today. And I'll say this clay was misunderstood then. And it's even more misunderstood now, all these years later, no question in my mind.
1: All right. For me. and, And I'll, I'll ask you what you consider the greatest misunderstanding with clay is for me, the greatest misunderstanding for clay has always been time. Not only from when I was at a car wash training people how to clay a vehicle before we we're going to seal it, as well as then as began doing the, 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 the trainings where we go out and do certified trainings for our coatings. The amount of people that would sit in a small area and move their hand like this real small, right? I, I know you're used to small but... <laughs> i was (laughs) i was used to Um, average size movements uh, i'm not even gonna say big i'm just gonna say average size. (laughs) but average size movements across a panel and you know you get a car done in 20 minutes max you know i mean many times you get a car done faster and people are saying well they'd spend two hours clay bar a vehicle and i just what how in the world did it so for me the greatest misunderstanding for claying is all well and then the different sprays that you got to put on. I, I've always traditionally liked to just use soap as the lubrication because then yep. you're intermixing. If you got a clay lube, a lot of times it's going to have silicone in it. So, yep. you know, there, there are quite a few that you're right. Big misunderstandings around clay. What's, what to you has been the biggest misunderstanding?
2: Biggest misunderstanding is you have to clay every vehicle. I mean, I think that's the no brainer for me. Again, uh, we bought a new family vehicle and I put paint protection film across the front. Um, We're we're in the process of we're going to be testing some products for uh, hyper clean with this vehicle. So I don't have to put it on a customer's vehicle first. You know, we got some new stuff coming in. So it's going to be an important vehicle for us as a company. And one of the things that I look at is the car came in pretty nice shape you know, I, I looked for contamination. I looked for, you know, I did an iron decon on it. I looked for contamination. It wasn't there. So I'm not going to put clay, which is an abrasive onto a surface that it's not going to help. There's either contamination on your car or there isn't. And again, there may be spots of contamination. So I may clay on a vehicle, the lower rocker panels, but I may go up the door or onto the hood and there's no contamination. So I'm not going to clay that part of the car and introduce the abrasive to that part of the car that's not contaminated. And that's the misunderstanding to me that that rules them all is that I got to clay every vehicle that exists. Now, mind you, if we're talking about is my opinion, that 90 plus percent of cars that haven't been cared for very well are going to come with some type of contamination. Yeah, I think we can probably safely say that. But if I look at a car like the one that we purchased as a family. And I go, man, this car is in pretty damn good shape. I'm going to look for contamination when there is none. There is no clay introduced. I don't need to clay the vehicle. I'm not benefiting from claying the vehicle. The vehicle's not benefiting from more abrasives on it, which is a clay bar is, or even a clay towel or clay mat. it's all abrasive. So that to me is always going to rule the roost when it comes to clay is that people just don't understand when to use it, when not to use it. And again, this has been my sales point of maintenance on a coating. I see all these people that have to decontaminate their coatings in their customer's car. We coat a customer's car. It never gets contaminated. If we care for it, which one's better. You tell me you got to make that decision as a business owner, but a contamination shouldn't happen unless your process is really, really faulty.
1: So I heard you, as I was listening to you talk, it reminded me of a, a misunderstanding that I am. Um, I remember hearing years ago, and this was as I was starting to go into dealerships and work with them, some dealerships that were, that the guys were heavily into watching YouTube videos and they had watched a YouTube video on claim. And now granted, this was also like 2011, right? This was, this was like 10 years ago. And a theory that had got put out about clay then was that you actually, and you mentioned friction. So let's go over this. This is why I'm bringing it up. When you are introducing friction to the vehicle onto the clear coat and using clay bar, they were taught, and this was they had outright arguments with me. Love to know your opinion. Yep. When you clay bar a vehicle and there's friction, how many microns of the clear coat are you removing?
2: Well, I mean, that's that's not really to me, you're not really removing that's <laughs> I mean <laughs> This is what I mean. <laughs> if anybody has a debate about this, about what is misunderstood, abrasive just means that it's going to inflict some marring, right? It's got an abrasive technology inside of it, right? And clay does. Is it going to remove tons of paint? No, it's not going to remove paint. Okay. But actually, actually, hold on. I take that back. If you dry clay a car because you're just inexperienced, you could absolutely cause some real problems and remove some paint with soap on the surface with hell even water on the surface with modern clay with a detail uh, some type of l- a lube you bought you know clay lube that you still you believe in if the surface is lubricated and you're claying it you're not removing microns of paint if you don't have that you could if that was the argument then that's a real argument but if it's just if normal clay come on man and this is what i mean it's guys have made the choice of not getting educated. If they've been doing it a long time and they don't understand Clay to this point, it's because they don't want to understand it because there's so much great information out. You don't want to understand it. You you just want to have your belief system and live in a world and whatever, you know, but our reality with Clay has changed. Think about how much you've had to learn in 24 years, right? I mean, this is going into my 24th year. I detailed my first car like in January, February, 24 years ago. I tell people this, my process is vastly different, vastly different. Does it have some semblance of where I started? Sure, it does. Has similar steps, but I know so much more, and clay is a perfect example. The way I use clay, the type of clay, the process of claying, the, the, the different you know lubrication sources you've used in your career you find a better process and you, you understand it more. So if you're in a position now where you don't understand clay, especially after this conversation and multiple ones we've had about clay, I think in the past when it's come up briefly, you're just choosing not to understand.
1: All right. So from a, from a guy that maybe is listening to this and they're, they're kind of having that little bit of a moment where you know their head exploding for a moment, because I think, I think you just said from their perspective, they're going, wait, you said, I don't have to clay every vehicle. <laughs> and, and I get it, I, but from their perspective and their thinking through that, give us a little bit more background, give us a little bit more education for somebody that's kind of trying to, to weed through that uh, because how do I know that if I'm going to properly prep a vehicle that I, I need to clay or is there alternative? How, how, do I, how do I work with the vehicle?
2: Yeah, first of all, you know, you need to use something. We're coming out with a product that's going to be, I think, pretty important to our, we didn't see it this way, but I think now after using it, it's going to be very important, which is a prep soap. When you start to strip the surface down and you start to break the surface down, you start to understand what's underlying in the surface, contamination, no contamination, whatever, right? And you can't really do that with a regular soap, not as well as you can with something that's just actually helping you strip down the surface, break down the surface a little bit. Uh, the next thing is, is that you need to inspect the vehicle inspecting the vehicle is going to give you the view of what's going on. Do I have heavy contamination on lower rocker panels? Okay. I got a clay there. I analyze the door North of that. There's no contamination. Again, you talk about the baggie test. If you don't feel comfortable, you can take uh nitrile gloves that guys wear. That gives you the same feeling as a baggie. And you can run your hand across different parts of the car and see if there's contamination. If there is, you need to clay the area. If there isn't, don't.
1: Okay. So make sure we wash it first. Yep. All right. Like you said, prep soap. So yep. am I rubbing the vehicle while the soap is on, or I've you can do the both. vehicle. You can do both. I would
2: rinse it, it down. So okay. again, how a process starts is obviously, you know, look, we just jumped. You rinse a vehicle down thoroughly, just with water. Then you prep soap it. Now you've done a, a, a decent wash on the car, a thorough wash. Okay. Because remember. Doesn't matter if I'm polishing, doesn't matter if I'm going direct to protection, whatever. A thorough cleaning is what should be involved. Now I've gone to to analyzing whether I need to do what's called a mechanical decontamination. Mechanical meaning I'm going to use a product, a clay lube, uh, or excuse me, a clay bar, uh, clay mitt, clay towel, clay sponge, right? Those are my mechanical decontamination. If I go around a vehicle and I don't feel any heavy paint overspray or tar or those industrial fallout is what is the general term. If I don't feel that on the surface, then I go, okay, you know what? I don't need to clay the vehicle, but I've checked around the car. I didn't just test one spot of the hood and go, ah, no contamination. I go along the bottom. I inspect the car. I see what's going on. Now, there's going to be an argument that people make when they go, well, would not it just be quicker just to go ahead and, and clay all the time? But again, if I don't need to do it, I shouldn't do it, right? Like, don't do it. it. It could inflict damage of some kind to the vehicle if you, you know, again, you've seen everybody run out of lube and, you know, dry clay that one area, and, it, and a lot of experienced people have done it, okay? Why do I want to take risks I don't have to take as a detailer? The next thing is it's going to speed my process up being able to analyze a car. But then we come to I got no contamination I could feel. But the great thing is we've had advancements in iron fallout removers. Right? So now I got this next step that I can make myself feel better. I rinse off my soap, I got no industrial fallout, paint overspray or anything on the car, but I may have embedded Iron contamination from being on a railway, being delivered as a car, uh, just driving down the road, maybe you live near a railroad, uh, all different types of things, right? Brakes, the rotors start to break down and they fly on the paint and they get embedded. And now we have the technology to remove that. We got, a, we got one coming that's pretty exciting. You're, you're sitting back there, you know, ready to go. With, with a bunch of our product that we're, we're getting ready to launch. And now I can even feel better about myself Is I can, after I've rinsed, I can go and I can iron decontaminate the whole surface, what we would call a chemical decontamination with an iron fallout remover. And I can analyze, you know, by, we call it bleeding, right? That bleeding effect everybody loves that purple you know stuff coming down your car and you go okay there's a little bit here there's a little bit there that's a new technology man we didn't always have it and so now you can use technology to your advantage to say okay i don't need to clay the vehicle but there still can be some there, there can still be contamination that i can't feel it can be embedded deep and by the way clay bar doesn't always get it either if it really gets embedded, it's not that your clay is gonna pick up those iron particles that start to embed themselves deep into the clear coat. Because again, if it can't pick it up and it's deep in the clear coat, then it can't be clay barred off. And so that's the next part of the process that you can add, again, after your mechanical decontamination.
1: And so for everybody that that is looking at a vehicle, they're touching it <clears throat> and they go, wow, I don't really feel a lot of stuff in it. But if it's a light colored vehicle, and I see some specs. Now this is where it, it, it is kind of interesting that we say there's a detailer eye, right? So non quote unquote detailers, regularly touching, regularly looking, your eyes are trained in a specific way to look for these specs. Many times you'll just happen to notice them and just by nature, you will immediately start to know how to, to get them out. If, if you're not that person you're going to need to start to kind of train your eye to look for them. I'm colorblind, but I think you can tell them the color of what it looks like. Sometimes, All I know yeah, is I look uh... for the little dots. And so if I see something that, that doesn't look quite the same and I see these little dots in the paint, now just because I don't, can't tell the color doesn't mean I can't see the difference. You yep. can actually look and see the little specks in the clear coat.
2: Yeah. So if I was doing my my decontaminating process, you know, we set it kind of out of order just to prove a point. But I I would actually iron decon. If I had to clay a vehicle, I would iron decon before I clayed rather than after. And the reason I would do that is it removes any chance of me picking up some iron in my clay bar and maybe swiping it across the surface and getting a long scratch or whatever. So remember, we've given two different you know, processes and procedures here. I personally would iron fallout remove before I would clay just because it makes me feel more comfortable. Not saying that that's right. It's just a process that we do. Okay. But it's a process we stick to. That's the important part of the process. Okay. Is that we do that same process over and over and over again, and you just perfect it from there, but you're right there's always a visual. I mean, a lot of times there's a visual, Hey, I kind of see something. And and most times on cars, guys, the trunk area, the lower part of the trunk area and the the back bumper and the back rocker panels, those are the ones that are going to be hit the hardest. So if you have iron decon in your process, go spray the back part of the car first, and you're going to get a real view of probably the type of iron decontamination you're in for. If it's real light back there, Odds are it's real light everywhere. You can probably make the process a little bit quicker, spray it a little bit more, you know, and and not so perfect of a manner all the time because you've you've analyzed that, hey, I'm not sitting here with a car filled with iron. But look, if you've ever had a car arrive by rail or that lives near a railroad, some of the iron decon that I've seen in my career is, it's amazing we have that technology. Didn't always have it. And now we do which allow what a lot of people don't realize about iron is if iron's in your clear coat, it can start to damage it from the inside out. And one thing that I actually say to people that I believe, and I've talked to some paint system guys that, that believe this as well is that your paint surface actually gets hotter in sun because of those metal particles that are in your paint. And everybody that that's worked on cars long enough knows that sunlight, (laughs) That's the real damage that we face. And if you can get those things out, you just have a healthier paint system.
1: Oh. Hey. Hey, that one was free for the community right there. <laughs> no <laughs> doubt. No free tidbit. Uh, no yeah. no extra charge on that one. Yeah, you, you're sure. absolutely right though, because I you can actually and, and about the the being around on the backside, there's no doubt the 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 infinity that was in recently about a month ago. Um it was okay on every other part. And you got around I, th- I think every detailer's experience this. you get around to the backside as you're going through to wash or maybe even dry, and you start just getting that closer and you go, Oh.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like- and look, it's look when you're driving at speed and you're slowing down and the brake uh, particles start to break off and the rotor starts to break off. Guess where it's gonna go? It's gonna go to the back of the car just by wind, just by that's how it goes. And if a car's traveling in front of you. You're still traveling at enough speed that, you know, you don't know where it's going to attach to your car. That's why lower parts of the panels are always, always beat up a little bit more, as we all know. And again, this is, you know, we're talking about products, processes, and purpose uh, to start this year. And we're really heavy on that. Here's a product that we didn't always have. Here's another product in the clay bar that is misunderstood. And if those two things are a reality, that means your process could be really subpar if you don't understand those things. So see how understanding your products lead to you building a great process and vice versa. Can't build a great process without the right stuff. And products and understanding them, like the clay bar, become ever more important to building a great process. And if you have a purpose of serving your client, look at how all that stuff kind of weaves itself together and you start to see why we're going to harp on that pretty much maybe the rest of our lives.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No doubt. No doubt. (laughs) It's going to be fun. And there's no doubt we're looking forward to the release of, of the product and we'll put out more and more information as we draw close to that release date. Good talk though. Good talk on misunderstanding. There's no doubt that clay bar is a massively misunderstood part of our industry. Cool, Nick. Thanks so much, man, for the great talk, and we will see you next week, man. All
2: right, brother. Talk to you soon.
1: Have a good night. Hey, this is Marshall. If you got anything out of the episode, and I know you did, because Clay Bar is a very misunderstood product, go share it out to a group. Go be active in the HyperClean Specialist group and let us know what you thought. Go put a comment. Leave a review. Much love.